Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. tonight are ready for the Word of God. Amen. How about you out there in Streamland? Are you ready for the Word of God? Sharon's ready. Is she saying that? If you're watching by Facebook, we'd appreciate you just liking it up. Give us a lot of likes and go ahead and extend our reach to other people and in other regions. And go ahead and make your comments as we go on. Go ahead and and talk to us, and uh, my wife is down here with her phone, and she'll be listening to your request. He, she might even respond to you. So let's just blow up this Facebook uh, tonight and roll up our sleeves as we get into this. So here we go. Father, we thank you for the word of God. It is of a heavenly substance. You told us that it's quick and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And so it's not just simply information. When we hear those words, when we begin to believe them and allow them to influence us and and follow that which you say, we thank you that your life, your power, your blessing encompasses us and helps us and cares for us. We, We look to that tonight. We open our heart to receive in Jesus' name. Everyone said after that? Amen. Amen. Well, let's get into, uh, I guess it's maybe a sort of, of a different subject matter. Let's go to Romans chapter 8, ver- verse 14. We're going to look at some familiar scripture tonight, but don't let that fool you or don't let that keep you from listening. Remember, we're always looking for revelation in those things that we have already heard, those things that we've already have made, has been made known to us. And we know he can always add more and more to what we already know. Here in Romans 8, 14, it says, For as many as are led, could we say directed or guided, by whom? By the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. I like to turn uh, this verse around. you got to understand that other languages, the original transcripts always started from the the, the uh, back end and went to the beginning. And so many of the King James verses are that way because they made a direct translation from the Greek into that English. I like to say it this way, the sons of God or the children of God. Remember the sons of God are both male and female. The sons of God are what? Led by the Spirit of God. You notice it didn't say that the, the, the ministers of God or the mature in the Lord, or those who are special and God likes more than others. No, this is for every one of us, every believer in the body of Christ. So as a child of God, I can expect to be what? Led, directed, guided by the Spirit of God. Go over to Psalm 37, verse 23. Psalm 37, or should we say the 37th Psalm, Go to verse 23. It says here that the steps, the what? 
steps. Now, th this, this isn't really the direction we're going tonight, but steps are very vital to you and I understanding how God leads us. Many times when we're asking God for direction, we want the final word on what to do or where to go. And he gives us steps to get there. Hello? How many of you know that if someone gives you directions on how to get to Denver, they're not going to tell you. And then you turn right and you're there. They don't start at the end. No, they say, go out here to I-25. See, they go to the beginning and you take steps, turns here and there to get down there. Many times as, as God is leading us, there's going to be some turns and some change of directions. They are steps. So instead of looking for just doing one thing and getting to where you want to get to, start looking for steps. It says the steps of a good man. Well, we better define who a good man is. Who's the Bible talking to here? Who, who are the good man? The good men. Well, it's those that have been made righteous through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and has received what he's given and they've been born again. Remember, our status with God is not based on what we've done. We are good because of what he gave us. Amen? So that means he's talking to every one of us that has received the gift of Jesus Christ. Because you are the righteousness of God right now in real time. So this scripture is talking to you. You're the good man because of Jesus Christ. What's he going to do for us? Because we're good. He says that our steps will be ordered or directed or influenced by the Lord. Hallelujah. So let's establish this and let's keep it in front of us for the rest of our life. It is the will of God to lead, to guide, to direct, get this, every decision of every believer. Amen. Remember, we made him Lord. And he doesn't take that lightly. He, he is Lord in every area of our life that we submit to him. And if we begin submitting our decisions to him, he's going to be there and say, I know how it looks, but let's go this way. I know how it feels, but we're going to go this way. Hallelujah. I thought about this today. What would your life, my life, be like right now, today, if we had followed every direction of the Lord? Where, where do you think you and I would be that in every decision that we've made since we bowed our knee to Jesus Christ, where do you think he would have us today? I can answer that very easily. I'd be in a better place. Because I've been making some decisions without his help in the last however many years it's been. Amen. But you know, I can, I can purpose in my heart to start listening to him every day, every decision. Does that make sense? Now that might sound, that might sound a little extreme. But you know, as we grow in looking for him, looking for his guidance, looking for his direction, he's going to take us to places that we never thought we could get to. Amen. 
And guess what? He'll make up some ground that we might have lost. Because I'm telling you, he knows some shortcuts. Hello. And he's not going to hold anything against us. He's just going to move us forward in the way we need to go. So tonight, we're going to look at allowing the Lord to direct our path, to, to get to a place where we can begin having a confidence that he's leading in this direction. He's leading in that direction. Amen? Amen. Now, guidance from the Lord can come from primarily two ways. The first way is if you don't know what to do, then you're looking for him to give you the direction as to what to do and not do. So the first way is you're putting a demand on a direct place of guidance or direction based on a decision that you need to make, right? You know that you need to head towards something and you need direction on how to get there. Well, that's putting a demand on him. Like, Lord, should I buy this car? Oh, looking over my shoulder, I think I should have asked that question more than I did. Yeah. Amen. We, we got some cars that, we, number one, either they weren't very dependable and needed some repairs down the road, or, or maybe they just didn't suit what we needed at the time. Amen? Should I buy this car, not buy this car? Should I take this job? Or should I take this other job? So the first way is that you're at a place in your life, you know you have to make a decision, but you don't know which way to go. So you're asking the Lord, what do I do? Now, many people think that this is the only time that the Lord leads us. Whenever I get to a place that I don't know what to do, then I'm going to be led by the Spirit. But that's only one way that he leads us. Amen? Let's call this being led on demand. Hallelujah. But there's a more obvious and more consistent way that the Lord leads you and I every day that we may not be conscious of. Let's get into that. The second way is we know what to do in any given situation, so now it's up to us to obey what we know, to obey the direction, or not to obey it. Now, this is following what you know to do. How many know that in life, every day, you and I know some things that we're to be doing? Amen. Right? And that knowing what to do is him leading us. Yes. But we choose whether we want to follow it oh. or not. So following what you know to do is being led by the Spirit. Now, this may sound a little different to you, but just, just don't unhook with me. Hang in there. The, the Lord wants to show us something. And it's going to be a greater blessing to you and I than we think. How many of you know that sometimes the little things make the most impact? 
The Bible says it's the, the little foxes that spoil the vine, not the big ones. So when we can find the little things and apply them, and because you're applying them more often, many times it, it has more uh, uh, direct result on our lives, creates more blessings than we, we really know. So we're talking about being led, directed, guided by what we know to do. All right? Now, there's, there's you, you and I release things through obedience. And so when we begin doing what we know to do, number one, the impact of that is it blesses our life. Do you know that we use that word way too much? Bless you. What do you say when someone sneezes? God bless you. Guess what that does? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> you know, when I pray for someone to say, bless so-and-so, do you know what that does? Absolutely nothing. Because blessings come through obedience. Now, I'm not saying he rewards us because we're obedient. No, obedience is him taking us in the direction that steers us into the blessing. Does that make sense? So check this out. Go to James 1, James 1, 25. And I'm asking you to stay hooked tonight. The Lord has something really good for us. I want you to see it. James 1.25, so when you and I follow the Lord's direction in doing what we know to do, we are heading and steering ourselves into the blessing that the Lord has for us. James 1.25 says that he that looketh into the perfect law, a reading from the American Standard Version, the perfect law, the law of liberty, is the word of God. So he that looketh into or begins to understand what the word of God is saying and he continues looking into it and he's not just a hearer of what he's reading that forgets what he hears, but he's a doer. You, you, have you ever heard the expression being a doer of the word and not a hearer only? Now notice it says that the one who does what he hears or does what he knows to do, this scripture says that this man, which man? The man that hears, that knows, and then obeys what he knows. And when I say he, you know I'm talking about he and she, right? It says that he shall be blessed. He's what? He's blessed. Amen. Understand that another word for blessed is successful. He leads us into success in all the areas of our life. So check this out. This man shall be blessed. Why? 
in his doing. In his what? In his doing. You see, he, he reads the word of God. He gets the word of God in him to the place where he desires to walk in it. He begins to follow that word and be obedient to that word. And it steers his life into a position where God has a blessing waiting for him. Hallelujah. So, notice that being led or directed, remember, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're simply following the Lord through obedience in doing what he said to do from the Word of God. And so understand, our obedience to do what the Lord has told us to do creates a blessing for us. Amen. Amen. Now, here's really where we're going tonight. Are you glad that we've arrived only as soon as 25 after 7? That means we could get out of here by 10 o'clock. So we're, we're making really good progress tonight. Amen. Now, number one, doing what you know to do. Being led by applying what you know to do. That's being led by the Spirit of God. Because you understand that the Holy Spirit is the author of the Word of God. So when you're doing what the Word says, you're now being obedient or following or being guided by the Spirit of God. For as many as are led by who? The Spirit of God. And He doesn't just light, uh, guide us by telling us what to do in a particular situation. He's also telling us what to do through the knowledge He gives us through the Word of God. Now, number two, when we begin allowing the Word of God to guide us, to lead us, to direct us, it increases the sensitivity to hear and to recognize the Lord's voice or direction that he gives us from within our heart. We saw that in Romans 8, 14. It says that we're led by the Spirit of God. Well, he's a spirit. He's not a mind. He's not an intellect. He's not an emotion. He's certainly not a human being. He's an eternal spirit being. He is God, the Holy Spirit. So he's naturally going to communicate with our spirit. In fact, that's where he lives. We are now his dwelling place. So we have communion with him in our spirit man. Now, when, when we begin allowing him to direct us, and our decisions in knowing what he said to do according to the word of God, that obedience to follow him in doing what you know to do then begins to build up a sensitivity inside of our heart. And it begins to silent our mind. We're going to look at that. So understand that the biggest hurdle to being led on demand Remember what we said with being led by demand? Do I buy this car? Do I, do I date this girl? Do I develop a relationship with this person? Do I, do I ditch this job and grab this other one that looks so good? We're asking for an answer about a personal decision. 
And you know that in, there's not, many times in the Bible you won't find an answer to those questions. And so we're solely dependent on recognizing the Holy Spirit within us and what he's directing us to do. So how many of you know that the biggest hurdle to doing that is recognizing his voice? Amen. You know, the Bible says that there are many voices in the world. And you and I know all about that. We have voices that speak to us, to our mind. And I'm not saying you're hearing voices. I'm talking about our thoughts, our, our perceptions, our, our emotions. Mm -hmm. The things that we see begin to speak to us. Don't they? And so when we're at a place where we need to hear what the Lord wants us to do in a particular situation, how many of you know that our mind is giving us input? Our intellect is giving us input? What happened the last time I was facing a situation like this is now also having some input? My emotions are having an input? What other people are saying that know about what you're, you know, considering doing or not doing and many times those inputs from these other places are overshadowing our Holy Spirit in our spirit that is also speaking and he doesn't speak in words he speaks in a, a knowing the, the, the Bible calls hearing from the Holy Spirit as hearing uh, from him with our conscience conscience Amen. That's the voice of our spirits. And so the biggest hurdle that we have in being led when we, we have a demand on him to, to, to knowing what to do is recognizing which of those voices is him. Now, let me say this. You ready? We talked about following the Holy Spirit by being obedient to what we know from the Word of God. Well, when I'm disobedient to follow what I know to do, that begins a process of hindering my ability to recognize His voice. Going over to James 1 22. You were just there a moment ago. Here's another verse in that same collection of verses talking about being a doer of the word. Look here in James 1.22. He says, but be ye a doer of what? Now understand, uh, being a doer of the word is simply following Jesus. Many times when the Lord is leading, he's just asking us to follow him. Now, we, we know that Jesus is the word made flesh. And so the published word is the public, is the published, published will of God. So when I begin 
doing what the word instructs me to do in everyday life, I'm now following Jesus. Right? I'm following Jesus. And that's what a doer of the word is. Sometimes we only become a doer of the word when we want something in particular. I need healing for my body, so I'm, start, I'm going to start being obedient to what it says about the principles of faith. But this isn't just talking about being a doer of the word when I need something in a particular area. No, this is talking about me following Jesus all day long. Amen. He tells me how to, to treat the lady in front of me at line at Walmart. And when I follow that and do that, I'm now following Jesus. I'm polite to her, yeah. even though she's got 50 coupons <laughs> or three screaming kids. Right? Come on. I'm now following Jesus. I'm now being led by the Spirit because I'm led by the Word of God. So he says if you're a doer of the Word and not simply just a hearer, you're not just filled with the knowledge of the word, but you're practicing that knowledge of the word that you have. It says that you won't be deceived. So he's saying if you're just a hearer, not a doer, then you deceive yourself. Well, when you deceive yourself, you're resisting what you know in your heart to do and that will damper and begin to quench our ability to recognize it on demand. Listen to this. Put this on your refrigerator or make a license plate out of this statement. When you and I deceive ourselves consistently that we know what to do we know how to follow Jesus, but we choose not to. Come on. Like, you do me wrong, and you're going to have to suffer the consequences. See, I'm not a doer of the word, am I? No. You're not. So if I do that consistently, I'm not saying you do it one time or three times. or This is, it becomes a lifestyle. Yeah. You deceive yourself consistently. By living your life the way you want to and you cease to follow Jesus, it'll begin to harden our hearts. I noticed something, maybe you did too. When, when my wife and I, we, we first received Christ as our Savior. Can you guys think back that far? <laughs> For some of you, it's not too long ago, but... We had such an innocence as a newborn Christian. And we had a, such a desire to, to follow Jesus. Because he's the one that saved us from a sinner's hell. And we were so grateful and so thankful. And he began to lead us because we were we were getting as close 
to him as we could to follow him. And early on, making decisions and where he took us in such a short amount of time was miraculous because our heart was so tender, so pliable. You know that scripture says to, to renew the joy of our salvation? That's really talking about, Lord, help me to soften my heart again. Help, help my heart to become pliable. Help my heart to become willing. Help my heart to have a desire to follow you. Right? But you see, when we consistently disobey what we know to do, the exact opposite happens. Our heart becomes to get hardened. It gets calloused. And it becomes difficult to recognize it speaking to us with direction and guidance. Now, let's look at the reason why that is. Go to James 4.17. I know this is a little different tonight, but this is what he gave me. And I'm following him. Amen. James 4 17. And this fits right into what we've been talking about for the last 15 minutes. James 4 17 says that so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for that person, it is sin. Whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it's sin. So this verse is saying, when I don't do what I know to do, I've just disobeyed God. That's this definition of sin, disobeying God. If you disobey him not knowing, then his blood will cleanse you from all unrighteousness, 1 John 1, 7. But if I don't do what he says knowingly, then that is sin. And sin is when you and I follow the desires and the wishes and the will of our outer man. Most disobedience to God brings pleasure to our flesh. Some people get great pleasure from telling someone where to go. Well, that's satisfying their outer man. The inner man is grieved. Right? So sin is following the outer man and not obeying the inner man, our spirit, the hidden man of our heart. When we do that, that makes the voice of our outer man louder than the inner man. Because we become accustomed to following the desires of the outer man, and that will begin to cause that voice 
in our conscience, in our spirit, to get quieter and quieter. Let me give you a definition of a hardened heart. A hardened heart is desensitizing our heart or spirit to recognizing God's voice. Remember when God came into the garden to walk and talk with Adam after he was disobedient? Adam didn't hear him. And when he did, he was hiding in the bushes. You see, dis disobeying God pushes us away from him. He hasn't moved. We've moved. Amen. And that is the beginning of the hardening or the callousing of our heart. Go on over to 1 Timothy. We're almost done. So you can wipe that sweat off your brow. 1 Timothy 4.1. Looking at some scriptures maybe you haven't seen in a while. 1 Timothy 4.1. Now the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, speaketh expressly that in the latter times, how many of you know that we're into the latter times? It was latter when this was written 2,000 years ago. It's really latter now. We're in the last of the last days. And we're beginning to see what this verse begins to say. This says in the, in the times before Christ comes, at the very end of this age, some shall depart from the faith. We've, we've been seeing that. I've been hearing all sorts of numbers of how church attendance has decreased in the last five, five years. And how there's been a, you see it, a, an uprising of disdain against the things of God. Now, why did that happen? Because they gave heed. Or they stopped doing what they knew to do. They gave heed to what? Seducing spirits. Doctrines of devils. Now understand that when you see this, we think, well, that can't be me. I'm not going to let some devil, you know, lead me away from Christ. Well, how many of you know that doing something devilish is the same thing? You don't need a visitation from a demon to depart or to take heed and to remove ourselves from some areas of following Christ. I'm not talking about denouncing Christ, but you get away from what he tells us to do and we stop doing what we know to do. Everybody that's not going, every believer that's not going to church right now regularly is not following Jesus in that area. Period. Boy, it just got quiet even out there on the live stream. <laughs> now, I know there's legitimate reasons why you might not be able to come to church. I'm not talking about that. But you understand what I'm saying? You see, being seduced 
and, and doing, choosing not to do what we know to do is just being devilish. And following his ways and not the Lord's ways. And this is what I want you to see this in verse 2. So when we begin to do what this verse is telling us, it says that we'll begin to speak lies in hypocrisy and we'll have our conscience. What's our conscience? That's the communication of our spirit. It's the voice of our spirit. It says our conscience, the voice of our spirit, will be seared with a hot iron. Do you remember how sensitive your tongue used to be? And you drink something hot and, oh, oh, that's so hot. But you continue to drink hot things and your tongue gets more and more callous and the skin around your throat gets more and more callous and you can start drinking things. You can almost start drinking boiling coffee. Because the skin on our tongue and in our throat gets so calloused and thickened and hardened that you can accept heat on it because it's no longer sensitive like it was before yeah. to it. And that's what happens to our spirit. That's a hardened heart. And so when we begin to be seduced and stop doing what we know to do, we ourselves are callousing us from hearing from the Lord. So that was the introduction. We're now getting into the service. No, really. <laughs> really. The title of my service is this. Being led by the love of God. What do you mean, to, what do you mean by that? Well, you and I have been given a command by the head of the church. Do you remember what that is? What, did, what commandment did Jesus give us? Right. This is the most important knowledge that we're to follow. To be sensitive to the leadings of the Holy Spirit on demand. Now, look here in John 13, 34. We're... we're we got maybe five minutes left. Is that okay? John chapter 13, verse 34. Jesus is introducing a new relationship with God. The old relationship was based upon our performance, our good works, obeying the law. But the new commandment in this new relationship with God, with this relationship that we have with God through grace being given to us through what Jesus did in his death, burial, and resurrection, he now commands us as new creatures to what? Love one another. Now, this is knowledge that every one of us has. I did get one partial amen out of that. 
Did you hear what I said? This is something we all know that we're to do. And I can choose to obey it or ignore it. And by obeying it, I'm leading myself into blessing. And I'm also increasing the sensitivity of recognizing my spirit man. Now look at this. Love one another. And he, he clarifies how. I want you to love one another the same way in which I loved you. Well, how did Jesus love us? He preferred others above himself. Hmm? Amen. And with that kind of love, love one another. Now listen to this. Walking in love towards others. Now understand that walking in love with others is not necess necessarily what our outer man wants to do. Come on, that. Your outer man, my outer man, is selfish and self-serving. Yes, Your flesh, my flesh, still has the same nature we had before Christ. It's been unchanged by the new birth. Because it was a spiritual birth, not a physical birth. And an unrenewed mind still has that same capability of being self-serving. And so many times when we begin to do what Jesus tells us to do, it seems as if it's a sacrifice. It seems like we're giving something up. And it's the most important thing that we should be giving up. Preferring ourselves above what Jesus told us to do. Amen? So I'm not telling you tonight, this is going to be a breeze just following Jesus. This is going to be a breeze living, loving others. Because he's requiring us to love those that aren't loving us back. It's easy to love someone that's loving you back. It's easy to love Marianne, Pastor Marianne, the Italian princess, because she's so giving. Now, what about some of the other people we're around? Some of them aren't like her. Right? But he didn't tell us to differentiate. No, he says love others like I loved you and the Bible says that when we were yet sinners he loved us by dying for us amen. so we were unlovable yet he loved us through his death yeah. amen, amen. Yes, by the way this is some really good preaching okay because <laughs> it, it's the heart of Jesus this is the heart of Jesus. Do you want to see and embrace the heart of Jesus? This is it. And everything that we have is because of that heart. And us adapting his heart and following it every day will get us to the place he has for us. And it'll also get us to a place of sensitivity that you're going you're gonna to know on the inside. 
Am I supposed to do this? Up here? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Down here? Uh, uh, something uneasy about that. And your knower, your knower is keeping you from calamity by following what your mind wants you to do. <clears throat> now check this out. Walking in love towards others is probably the most important method Excuse me. In increasing our sensitivity to the voice of our spirit in terms of the Lord leading us. Now, I'm beginning to see this in a greater way. My wife's happy about that. And so I'm seeing that I want to be, I want to hear from him. It'll help, not just in ministry, but in my personal life and my life with my wife and family. And so I'm seeing how important it is to follow the Lord in the little things. The little things is knowing what to do every day. So a couple of days ago we had, I don't know what it was, it was several inches of snow. We got that one storm that had the five inches, and then we had another storm that had a little bit more. And I was out uh, shoveling snow, and uh, I started to, to clean the cars off that, uh, of the people that, that I know. And, you know, you get the broom, and you get all the snow off of it, and Sometimes you scrape a little ice off the windshield for them. And, but there was a car that, of someone I knew that, you know, there's, there's just this little rub with them. You know, you know what I'm saying? And it wasn't really that big deal. And, and so in my mind, I go, well, I'm not going to do that car. Now, don't look at me in that tone of voice, because I know that that happens to you, too, because you got the same mind and the same flesh I got. Right? And then I started buddying up with it. Yeah, you're right. We're, we're going to show them. You know? I was kind of hearing a Somebody Done Me Wrong song, you know, going on in the back of my mind, you know? And all of a sudden, down here, I didn't say up here. I didn't say from here. Down here where he lives. And where the love of God has been shed abroad. Didn't hear a voice. But I had an inner knowing. You know what to do. You know what to do. And I obeyed it. And cleaned off that car. Because you know, I am bound and determined to get so sensitive to the Holy Spirit that I'll hear from Him when I'm praying for people. Amen. What to do, what to speak over them. Amen. To begin recognizing manifestations of the Spirit in the midst and how to cooperate with them and what to do. 
I want that for you. I want that for my family. Amen? Amen. And so if I have to make a sacrifice and give somebody something they don't deserve, because that's what love does. It gives somebody something that they do not deserve and they haven't earned. And I willingly give it to them because I'm following what's down here. I'm one step closer. One step closer to hearing his leadings clearly and distinctly. So years ago, the the man that trained me for ministry, Kenneth E. Hagan, he told a story. And he was pastoring a church, and he brought in this guest minister. And this guest minister did a, didn't do a very good job of ministry. And so in his mind, he had the thought, well, I'm not going to take up an offering for him. I'm sure nobody here in this house would have thought of anything like that. Into his mind, that was, that was a, the right thing to do because he didn't, he didn't do what he said he would do or what he was anointed to do or what God was leading him to do. And, and he kind of didn't help us any. Maybe even hurt us a little bit through his ministry. And all of a sudden... Down here, take up extra ministries for him. Take up extra offerings for him. Because he's here for a week or two weeks or whatever, and some nights they take up the offering for the expenses for the, 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 the special services, and, and then some were for the minister, and he knew in the, inside, I need to take up extra offerings. And then he went up to the guy, and said, uh, what do you normally get when you come to a church of this size? What, how much do you usually, yeah, what, what, what size is your offering? And uh, the, the guest was honest with him and told him. So now that Brother Hagen knew what the, the uh, amount was, he either doubled it or he gave him three times as much. And one-third that he gave this minister came out of his pocket. And he went and loved that man that in that instance didn't look like he deserved it. And blessed that man. Well, several years later, Brother Hagen's is in this in this uh, room with this woman who's dying of cancer. I don't know if she was in a hospital room or her own home, probably her own home. And he and some others were in there praying. And all of a sudden down here, he heard this. Stand in front of her and point at her and say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he followed that and did that. The woman got up out of bed and was perfectly healed. Now, after he did that, 
the Lord spoke to him and said, you remember that man that you gave that offering to? And he goes, yeah. The Lord said, if you hadn't have done that, you couldn't have done this today. Amen. Come on. Come on. Why? Because he if he wouldn't obey the Lord and hearing him say something to him in a little thing, he never would have heard him in a big thing. Amen. Amen. That's good. And that's why I cleaned off that other car. Amen. We want to increase the sensitivity of our heart. How? Following Jesus. Yes. Doing what we know to do. Doing those things towards others that maybe aren't that comfortable for us to do. Yes. Amen. And then it'll become crystal. How did I know to handle those thoughts of not cleaning off that car? Because it didn't come in agreement with the word of God that I knew. Amen. And I chose what I knew from the word of God opposed to what I was thinking with our mind. So I knew what was mind what was the Holy Spirit and that's how we are led by the Spirit of God Father we thank you tonight that we have in us the knower God the Holy Spirit knows all things and we can access that wisdom that knowledge that understanding even those things pertaining to the future in the right now And yes, we can get in a place where we can ask of him direction and, it, and it'll come. But the sensitivity to him to be successful in that time, I believe depends a lot on following you in the little things, following you in those things that we know already to do. Help us to rise up and follow you from our heart and not from our emotions or from our mind. And in doing that, Lord, <laughs> we're going to increase the awareness of where those voices are coming from. And we'll know which one to follow. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everyone believe and said, Amen. Amen. Thanks for coming out. We love you. We'll see you next time. Every time I try to make it on my Every time I try to stay